The Gun Experiment proudly presents Chopping It Up. And here are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith. All right. What's going on, big man? Not much. Who did you get to play that beat for you? Oh, uh, is that a high production uh, cost value? uh, Do you want me to give all my secrets away? I feel like, (laughs) uh, no, I went on to Audio Jungle. I just, I just Instagrammed Kanye and he said, I'll take care of that for you. Yeah, exactly. No, I went on Audio Jungle. I listened to a bunch of stuff. I was like, I like that one. Okay. And then I called my, uh, my guy, uh, Anthony Morantz and I said, I got a guy. Yeah, my guy. (laughs) He's my, he's my, he's my, uh, my talking guy. That's cool. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, everything's good. How are you doing? Good man. And uh, the, uh, the leaves are coming off quick up by us all of a sudden. Yeah, well, it'll uh, make for seeing deer a little easier. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna go out. Actually, you know, in our area, hunting season doesn't start for a couple more weeks. So, but I'm just gonna go out to a couple places. Every time just, you say that, you throw me off because I'm like, I've already been hunting. You're talking gun season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gun, gun season. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Every yeah. time you say that, I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I don't. I don't bow hunt like a man like you. Yeah. I only use. that. You should see me in the woods. I put on like war paint. And like, <laughs> I, I really do. <laughs> I, I, I get myself all like savaged out. That's cool. So anyway, before we get things rolling, I just want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And this episode of Chopping It Up is sponsored by Target Sports USA. So head on over to targetsportsusa.com forward slash the gun experiment to get great ammo or to sign up for their prime membership, which shaves you 8% off and free shipping on all ammo orders. And of course, when you use that uh, forward slash the gun experiment, it does kind of help us out. So we do appreciate that. If you're also looking for some other ways to support the show, uh, we are super, super close to the 1000 follower mark on Instagram, which I've been working so hard to get to. And uh, we appreciate everyone who is following. But if you could uh, maybe recommend a friend who's a gun owner, uh, follow us on Instagram or Facebook is fine as well, but more Instagram, uh, that would really be awesome. And what about you, Keith? Oh, well, I would say just, uh, while you're recommending things, uh, tie them down to a chair and force them to listen to an episode or two. And then they'll love it. And then they'll love it. And then they'll ask to be untied and listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with clothes on. Wait, did you say Wait, take clothes I on? I didn't talk about clothes, so oh. I'm not sure where you're going with that. Okay. But. Sorry. Anyway, so uh, we have a uh, guest co-host, and our guest co-host tonight is none other than Chris Blau from the 1911 Syndicate back on the show. How if, you doing, Chris? If he's still here after talking about clothes, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, I was, because you guys started talking about war paint and hunting, so I'm, I'm in on that. Nice. Dude. Do, do you hunt? Man, I guess I shouldn't have said that. I don't hunt, because oh. I enjoy it, and I should, because you know it's good, clean meat for the wife and I, but uh, man, I'm too lazy hiking around with with guns in the mountains i'd just rather stay on a flat range man <laughs> gotcha gotcha so uh <laughs> well you, you can hunt from your bathroom window if you see one you know i mean <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so you're in texas right now yeah yeah so you know i do uh 1911 syndicate which we do gun gear reviews on youtube and through that i met cgs suppressors and uh march of this year they were in phoenix which is where i'm i'm based out of and i basically told them hey i love all your products and i love you guys so i'm gonna work for you so since march <laughs> i've been working for uh for cgs i voluntold them that they're gonna hire me that's the best like sales that sales pitch slash interview of all time i like that approach oh dude like we're we're sitting there filming they were in town for like a product catalog shoot and uh first time i met him in person because we had like a phone relationship you know when we'd review their products on the channel and so go down to meet them they're talking about you know growing pains they need help with abc and i just full sent it dudes and just said hey i'll help you with abcd efghijkl and uh don't look anywhere else i'm your guy whether you want me or not so uh since march i've been working for him traveling the whole country doing demos and uh working with mill and law enforcement guys and uh yeah in texas now at the shooters symposium wow so So i have a couple questions uh did you say the other day when i was talking to you that they are uh 3d printing suppressors yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, 3D printed titanium and another material called Inconel, which is just another like high heat uh, metal. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's basically there's no seams, no welds. It's all 3D printed from the ground up. And because That's of amazing. that, and- oh, dude, it's it's like space age technology, which is funny because they're based out of Roswell, New Mexico. So it's <laughs> very fitting. That's really cool. So yeah. does that uh, save on cost? Does it just make a better product? Is it, you know, what's, what is the advantages of it? Yeah. So it doesn't save on cost. I was going to say, no, I don't think that. <laughs> yeah. It's a little pricey, but 
the advantages are because we do titanium, most titanium suppressors, the weak point is the welds. So after they heat up to a certain point, those welds and seams will pop and, and break. Um, but since they're 3d printed, there's no seams, no welds. It's all one piece of metal. Cool. They're still full auto rated. We can still get down to short barreled stuff like, you know, 10, five barrels without any, Mm. any problems. And, uh, because they're 3d printed, we can do some really interesting baffle designs in there. Um, instead of your standard kind of circular Omega baffles. So there's, there's just some really cool pros and cons. Mm. And one of the best things is quality control because the machine 3d prints it the same every time. Right. Like there, there's very little margin for error. So they still, it, it has to, like I'm envisioning this 3D printer laying down this this suppressor. The uh-huh. two ends have to meet at some point. H- how do they make the two ends meet? No, so the laser, so it's a vacuum sealed chamber that they shoot titanium dust into. Okay. And then the laser picks it up and from the ground up, it just prints the entire can. So there is no meeting of ends. It just prints all the way up. That's cool. That's crazy. So, so like, so like more lengthwise than. Correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I understand. So I got, I, 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 we can move on from suppressors. I mean, you're like, I feel like I'm making you like, you know, talk shop uh, here. Are but you <laughs> me? Dude, I have the best job. In that the is world, true. Right? That is an sure. awesome job. Well, I'm just yeah, curious. Man. Like, you know, we start talking about 3d printing suppressors. Yeah. I'm like, uh, can I do that? Yeah. <laughs> So here's my question, and I so I'm um, I'm in the process of looking for a new uh, pistol, and we can't have them here in New York, but there's a lot out there with threaded barrels, and I think threaded barrels just look cool on a gun, yeah, but we uh-huh. we just can't have them, you know, and uh, yeah. that got me thinking about like when someone has a threaded barrel, obviously you can run a comp on it, but you can also run a suppressor, and I I wanted to ask someone this question, I don't really understand putting a suppressor on a pistol, and what I mean by that is like. There's, it just seems like completely impractical and like I would, don't think I would want to do it. Like you can't conceal it, obviously. <laughs> like uh-huh. shooting it, there's this big giant weight at the end of the pistol. Like I don't really understand why someone would, would want to do it. So could you explain? Maybe I'm missing out. Maybe I'm missing something because I live behind enemy lines here. Just looks yeah. cool. <laughs> so 90% of shooting is looking cool and it looks really fucking cool. <laughs> All right, cool. So, Thank you. I can't believe <laughs> On top of... So I used to think the same thing, like suppressing rifles makes sense, right? But a pistol, sure. it's like, bro, I can't conceal that. Like I don't have a holster that runs it. But here's my caveat to that. Okay. Um, I suppress my home defense pistols for the simple reason that if someone breaks into the house and, you know, unfortunately, heaven forbid that ever happened, you you have to use that firearm in a self-defense situation. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get that concept, but like, yeah. like do, you, do you rest the suppressor on your arm? Like, like, like how do you shoot a... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all that front end weight. Oh yeah. So yeah, the the weight is measured in ounces, bro. Like you you literally barely feel it I mean, on the pistol. Yeah. Oh really? It's yeah. that it's that light. Yep. Yeah. I okay. think. Uh, I guess I should have that memorized right now. Um, no, it's okay. I just you know like, as a guy who will never be able to shoot one, I just yeah, I was just curious. So hey, never say never, man. You, you never might know. make it out my way. I'll I was gonna take say you out for some fun. They yeah. might let us out of the state of New York once Maybe. or twice. Yeah, let us out, let us out for some. Do I some, mean, an hour drive away, you're in a state that's legal. That's very yeah, true. Yeah, true. And you know, if you ever make it to Arizona, we can go shoot some suppressed belt-fed full auto weapons. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, where, where's the next plane, uh, Arizona? <laughs> well, yeah, right. Just drive. So listen, so you're you're talking about work. Your job sounds awesome. So uh, I would like to talk about my job. I had a confrontation at work today, like a oh, legi- like like a legit confrontation. Did, did the nuts come out? They did not. Okay. I was stayed professional, uh, but no, no Brazilian jiu jitsu. Dropping some elbows on some dude. No, yeah. No, I went. No. You did. You take your shirt off, get sweaty, and roll around. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to this shit. So all right. So my job has uh, we have to wear like ID badges and the badges have like a lanyard, right? So if you're like a regular employee, like completely, you know, approved to be there security wise, it's like a blue lanyard. But then we have like temps or we have people who come in who are like, you know, visitors. They get a purple lanyard. We we have people who are like visitors. They have like, they get a white lanyard, right? So I'm currently working with a, uh, like a long-term temp. So he's going to be with us for at least a year. And he's got like a, like a permanent, lanyard so his lanyard is just like mine so a, a guy at work says to me hey did you did you hear about this new guy not my not my co-worker not the one i work with but uh he is refusing to wear his lanyard and i'm like for some reason it fucking got under my skin i'm like who, he's a younger guy very young 
And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? He just comes in and he like avoids all like security protocols, right? And it was really like kind of like under my skin. Uh, His mother used to be an employee. And uh, one of her good friends is kind of friends with this young man because of just the relationship. This young lad. And so I'm... Uh, walking down the hallway and I see this friend of his mother's and I say, can you do me a favor? I explain to her, I'm like, listen, there's a security issue. I know you're close with the family. Could you just talk to the kid? Like, just explain to him that it's the security thing. Like, they could let him go tomorrow and next thing you know, he's walking around the building and people just think that he's supposed to be here. And she goes, no, I understand that. So later in the day, I'm in a room and I hear talking going outside the room. No one knows I'm in there and they're talking about me. And the, huh. the woman is going... You know, some people are just crybabies about things, and this other this other employee's got the blue lanyard, and it's getting it's turned into this drama thing. So, long story short, he comes and finds me at the end of the day, uh-huh. and he goes, "I said, uh, how you doing? I heard you, I heard you were looking for me." And he goes, I, "I don't understand why you were talking to to her about this." And I said, "Well, I understand you know each other. I just thought that she could." It'd be better for her. It would be better for her to have a conversation. And he was like, well, she doesn't need to be involved in this. I I don't appreciate that. I said, okay, I I apologize for that. I should have come to you. I said, "Um, but let me explain where I'm coming from. I come from a very strong security background. I I worked in a prison. And when I was there, I said, when people didn't follow security protocols, people could get hurt. And I said, so I'm probably a little more security minded than the average person. However, if you look at what's going on in society, we have, you know, look at the Uvalde situation, look at like these like, you know, club shootings. I said, do you really want to be the guy who lets people get hurt because, you know, because you're not flying security protocols? And he goes, well, I, I see your point, but, you know, the other guy's got a blue lanyard. This is where it gets kind of funny. Right. The other guy's got a blue uh. lanyard and I got a white lanyard and I'm a long-term uh, a temp. And I said, well, you're not a long-term temp. I said, he's a full year temp. I said, you're not. He goes, I'm a long-term temp. And I go, how long are you here for? He goes, I'm here for the next eight weeks. Yeah. And I said, you're not a long-term anything. And so he goes, he goes, well, the problem is I walk in the door. My room is right here. And uh, people know, all know me on this floor. I said, I've been at this job for 20 years. And everybody knows me and in I this, in this entire company. And I still wear my lanyard every day. I'm like, so what's your excuse now? And he's like, no, no, the point's taken. I just, I don't know, didn't like that you went to to the other person to bring this. I said, I've already apologized for that. I said, I don't under, I said, so you're going to wear it from and, now and, on, right? And the, and the purpose of that was to break it to you easier than I'm giving it to you. Right. <laughs> yep. And I'm just like, I like, so what's pissing me off about this whole thing is like, I feel like there's this like entitlement with like today's like 25 year olds. <laughs> I think you're putting two, I think you're, you're being too specific. I think there's it's a it's a problem in America society. Period. Maybe, hundred percent agree. Hundred percent. I would have never when I, mean, I first some, started working. We, we know, I would have never we know some people done. People live in this neighborhood that are that way, and they are not twenty five. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, dude. Unfortunately, like it, dude. I, I'm gonna say in in your defense, you did the right thing. Like, hey, I tried to do this in a de-escalated way. Tried yep. to talk to this lady, and. You again being some young, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. You being some young 25 year old cocksucker, you think you're above it. And like, <laughs> like at the same time, when I was at 25, I may have been a little bit of a cocksucker like that, but dude, for someone to come up, apologize, like you did explain the situation. Like it should have ended there like full stop. Well, the, you know, the, the problem I have have with the situation is, is the second someone starts talking about security issues and someone doesn't take it serious, you really come across like a cocksucker, right? Yep. Because now it's like someone's trying, and by the way, there's no way in hell I go a week later and see him, there's no way he's wearing it. Well, and, 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 and the problem is he has a problem, he actually said this to someone else, he didn't say it to me. He said, I don't want to wear it because I feel like it's, it's uh, beneath me. It, it's, it's beneath me, I shouldn't have to be any different than anybody else. And it's like, yeah, you should because you're a fucking temp. Like, that's why. So we're trying to use that we're all created equal thing. I should yeah. get to pick whatever color I want. Yeah. Well, that's where that's why you don't get trophies to the kids that even lose because then they feel like they should be included in all very that true. shit. You know? yeah. It's very true. Yeah. So and look at us solving the world's problems. But yeah, like man. that's that's what it is. And unfortunately it's gone from the younger society 
to fucking adults. Well, man. That's what you're saying, like, Keith. Gosh, that is first off that lady, you know, obviously not a fan of domestic violence, but damn it. Yeah. She might need a little slap because yeah. how, how fucking inappropriate and immature for her to do that. Well, and that's like, like I, I really uh, was hoping that she would just go and say, hey, listen, like, you know, there's pe-. and what I said to him also, this is the other thing, as I said, um, other, and this is true. This wasn't me making it up. I said other people are talking about how you're not wearing it. And um, I, and I am in a somewhat of a role of leadership in this way. Um, I said, I'm not trying to make this about a safety issue because there's, there is like safety protocols and things like that. I said, I'm not trying to go that route. I'm trying to find a way to make you understand that this is for everyone's best interest and you just need to sort of follow the rules on this. I mean, the hard part about that is there are lots of things that we're told is in our best interest and we go, fuck you. But you're talking about like constitutional rights, right? Like you're talking about, right? It's <laughs> okay, a little different. I mean, yeah. I'm giving a little bit of difference there, but yeah. Look at this devil's advocate. I was going to say, play the devil's advocate. Well, a since bit. you brought that up, why don't we talk a little bit about background checks? Okay. Okay. So, because I, I want to kind of get into the gun stuff here. So, look at that transition. It was fellas. pretty sweet. We yeah. didn't plan that, Chris, I swear. No. <laughs> Dude, that was smooth as ice, bro. <laughs> so, all right. So, I got a couple little clips here, but I want to talk really quick about um, background check loopholes or the gun show loophole yeah I uh-huh. okay so <clears throat> I, i'm gonna try to I, I guess i'm sort of playing devil's advocate but i'm also trying to be uh fair i guess is the sure. word right so <clears throat> the gun show loophole basically is you have to run a background check whenever you buy a gun from an ffl but like if keith wants to sell me a gun not in new york keith wants to sell me a gun he can just sell me a gun and i can just buy it from him and that's the end of the story as long as i know you're not a felon well, that because because of straw purchases, right? Right, but so in all fairness, I have to imagine there are people in states where it's legal that go to a gun show. They have a thirty out six, whatever, and they someone says, "Hey, I'm looking for one. Oh, I'll sell you one." And there's it's just a stranger and a stranger making, uh, you know, making a a sale. There's no way they know that that person can or can't. And that's where I I almost feel like maybe the other side is right in terms of. I hate saying that. God, I hate saying that, but. You know what I'm saying? Like, in other words, Keith, if you're going to sell me a gun, you know me, we've known each other for years, no problem in my opinion. There shouldn't even be a discussion in it. Yeah. But what about the guy who's just like, he needs money and he's just selling a gun it's, to someone? And It's subjective. It's not. Yeah. You know, like how, yeah. How, well, Chris, what do you think? Like, I mean, like, do they have a point there? So, and this is where it gets like complex. So I live in Arizona where private party gun sales are legal. Yep. And, you know, obviously, again, it's like, well, can that person own like you're supposed to sell privately to people that can legally own firearms? Of course, because straw purchase is federally federally illegal. So you can't sell one to someone who can't have one. You got it. Yep. And so at gun shows in Arizona, all the gun stores there, they still do FFL background checks. But like you said, in the parking lot, you know, some dudes like, hey, I got this. You want it? Yeah, cool. Good to go. I have sold privately. But I always sell to people that own a concealed weapons permit because okay. Okay, that's good idea. That's that fair. is the same background check that you go through an FFL with, but it's good for five years. So would you sell a rifle to some? Because I'm assuming you don't need yeah. a r- permit for a rifle, correct? Correct. Yeah. So I, would you I have a problem a selling to a stranger, a rifle to a stranger? Mm, no, because I, I, if they had a CCW. Then I oh, know that they oh, can pass yeah, a federal background check. Exactly. Right, right, right. So you're doing yep. some sort of a like, like good faith trying to do the right thing. Yeah, I think you know, just as a responsible citizen, you yes. you should do that. But here's you know, the there's some people with, who aren't, right? There's got to be people who aren't. Oh, 100. percent And here's the issue: because I live in Arizona, who are we north of? Mexico, right? Mm. We have quite a few people, unfortunately, that sell to someone as a private party sale, which is legal. Maybe they don't check for a CCW and or maybe they don't care. And that firearm ends up making it across the border. Right. Here's my caveat. ATF, Fast and Furious, sold firearms to the cartel to track them to see if they could take them down. Those firearms were used in killing several Border Patrol agents. So if the government's going to do it, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Some people might be in the category of, well, I'm going to do it. I'm not saying that's right. Yeah, but well, and maybe, I kind of mitigate that with the CCW. Maybe if like so, probably the way that a, a law should be written isn't that you can't make a, a private sale without a background check, but that you have to be. And I don't know how you would word this, but basically you have to be fairly certain the person 
is allowed to have one. So again, like me and Keith, not a problem. Or the way you're doing it is like a pretty good way to do it, right? The only problem I have with the idea is h- how do you validate that? Well, you and yep. I, it's pretty easy to validate. Like you yeah, have a history, because right? because you and I, but how are you going to regulate that? How are you going well, to confirm I mean, that? How can you regulate it anyway? That's the point. So right. you just got to yep. kind of let the, let it go. It's, that's fair. That's fair, right? Like in other words, even right now, it's illegal, but I, you could sell me a gun right now and what would it matter, right? Correct. Um, and let's and let's talk real talk Especially here. Especially a long gun. Yeah. You know? The real talk here is <clears throat> why are gun owners so afraid of the quote unquote closing the loophole? Because ultimately, if there's no way for you to sell without a background check, then ultimately there is a registry. Well, right. That's uh, the that's the end game of this all. Well, when you do the when you do a next check, you, they don't know They're what you're supposed you're, to. They don't know what you're buying. That's true. They just know that you're uh, in a... No, they do because so, they, they could go pull the records. Yeah, they do because, yeah, serial number and model and make of firearm are on your 4473. Oh. Right, like they and, don't, well, they don't They don't know on the background check, but they know that that check was run. That's what I thought. And they could go yeah. back to an FFL and figure, they could bet, they could And then they could figure out what it is, which yeah. they're, they're not keeping the record book. They're relying on the <clears throat> FFL to keep the record book. Right. And a lot of FFLs that I talk to, no FFL that's been on the show has always said, uh, I just had a flood. <laughs> well, I mean, they have to keep it for 20 years, so they have to I, have I, I just yep. had a flood. It's all gone. No. I, no. I just had a fire. No. It's gone. No. Closed up shop. No. Out. No. <laughs> no. No, no. When they, when they, a couple of them have told me when they have, when they go to close their store, they, they are, they are asked if they, could return the files to the FFL, but they do not need to. But you have then they yeah. have to hang on to them though. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know. Again, if you're about talking this. about loopholes here. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a loophole. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Okay, I'm supposed. But to But I bet it. there's a penalty. I will bet if they lose them, I bet. Question. You a I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. So answer. while we're on this, um, I think that it's uh, we should hear from our president. <laughs> United States Senate. I hope some are listening. Should immediately pass. The two House passed bills that close loopholes in the background check system. These are bills that receive votes of both Republicans and Democrats in the House. This is not and should not be a partisan issue. Okay, so that was uh, that was President Biden a few years ago before he was president. Uh, clearly, he's in favor of uh, closing gun show loopholes. Um, but I'd like to play a uh, a video from more recently. So this is uh, this is from October 11th. So I'm I'm proud of my son. This is a kid who got uh, not a kid. He's a grown man. He got uh, hooked on uh, like many families have had happen. Hooked on drugs. Uh, he's overcome that. He's established a new life. He is. Um, uh, I'm confident that he is what he says and does are consistent with what happens. He came along and said, by the way, this thing about a gun, I didn't know anything about it, but turns out that when he made my a- application to purchase a-, a gun, what happened was he stayed, I guess you get asked, I don't guess, you get asked the question, are you on drugs, you use drugs? He said no. So Hunter Biden is uh, potentially being charged for tax crimes and false statements in relation to buying a gun. So. Um, I just, I'm, I'm curious if he still feels that way. Like, I mean, gun show loophole, but I mean, you can't go back from that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to say he wants gun show loopholes closed and background check, but it's like, going to have to sacrifice his son to get it. There it is. I mean, our our president wants to close him, but I mean, he doesn't want his son going to jail. Yeah. Can't have a cake and eat it. Yeah. The tough thing too, is this, like, as we know, pass any law you want people are still going to break those laws, man. And maybe that's pessimistic and maybe that's not the way to look at it. But I personally know someone who sold a firearm, private, private party sale in Arizona to someone that was legally allowed to own a firearm. That dude sold the rifle to someone else, sold its rifles to someone else. ATF knocks on my buddy's door because that rifle made it across the border and had several kills on it. But again, since it was privately sold, they don't know who owned the gun at the last point, right? Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Yes. I just spilled a pot of coffee all over my lap. I'm dying. Okay. Laughing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, so even then, like Hot my buddy on. tried to do the right thing, but the second guy didn't do the right thing, or the third, or the fourth, and eventually it made it into Mexico, and unfortunately, you know, 
killed several people. Just so, a, just another example of you kind of gotta you gotta take the risk if you can't prevent a hundred percent prevent it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And and like you know, it's like <clears throat> the part that drives me crazy is like for the most part, most gun owners are legal, good, upstanding citizens, right? And there's and there's all this yep. talk about this stuff, but like you know, there's guys who they just wanna they just want to uh, you know go hunting. They just want to do. Uh, competitive shooting. They just and they just want to be able to buy a gun, not have a big. I'm not saying there shouldn't be background checks, but they just want to be able to buy stuff. Some guys are gun collectors, right? They just want to collect guns. They want to just buy stuff and not have it be this giant ordeal. And I'm not saying we take it lightly, but you know, for the guy that's doing those things, whatever it is, collecting guns, I just feel like you shouldn't make it a hindrance. So you started this topic off with you know you could kind of see. The point of trying to close loophole, but now it sounds like I was. I mean, I don't really want that. Clo- I don't really want it. I. I. But I. But I do think. I do think, like myself, I would be very, very responsible in making sure I wasn't giving it to someone that I didn't feel should have it. Mm-hmm. But not everyone's going to yeah. be like me. But to your point, that person's going to do it anyway, so it's not going to matter. You know. Yeah. I mean, again, yep. you know, it's a it's a possession that doesn't like. <laughs> you know, the problem is you can't legislate perfection it's not it's doesn't, never it doesn't, it, it doesn't have a title like that yeah. gets a lean release like a car you know right, like it's right. not <laughs> yeah well i mean i guess unless you uh buy a gun that you got to finance and then yeah know, mickey knocking at your door asking for payment yeah you know I, I said about gun collecting did you say chris a while back did you talk to me about uh do you collect watches maybe is that did you mention that yeah yeah i don't know if maybe collect is too much of a like hardcore term i i enjoy watches i you know, got my first watch from my father when I was about eight years old um, and been a fan ever since. I've, I've probably worn a watch almost every day since then. And that's not an exaggeration. I just love them. But I recently picked up a kind of a treat yourself. I hit some some lifelong goals and some business goals and personal goals and, and just picked up a new one that we were talking about. <clears throat> nice. Um, yeah, I like watches, too. And what's weird is in this day and age, like <clears throat> you really don't even need a watch, right? Like nobody needs a watch. You have a watch on your phone everywhere you yep. go so you don't need one but it's amazing how i still like one uh like for me like um uh, kind of similar many years ago i had done something that i was like oh i i've reached this sort of like you know pinnacle i i did x y and z and i bought myself um a tag hoyer link was the watch that i bought which is you know it's certainly not the most expensive watch in the world but definitely uh a nice know, watch it's not a timex right it's it's a pretty sweet watch yeah. um but uh, yeah, we were talking about collecting the other day, and uh, our Frank Frank, yeah. our friend Frank collects. Well, he collects. Uh, Keith, I'm gonna go get some of the white uh, coffee off my lap. Just keep talking watches. Oh, okay, just keep talking watches. <laughs> well, I got this really sweet Garmin. S- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we were talking with Frank, and and he collects some watches, and he had passed this article to me that <laughs> I found crazy, and it was uh, with all the. Um, uncertainty that was going on and the uh, fluctuation that was going on with the British pound that there was, it was actually for a moment in time, it was actually cheaper to buy a, a Rolex flying first class from New York to London to buy the watch, stay in a five-star hotel than it was and fly back than it was to buy it in the United States. And I was like, that is a crazy Jeez. idea. Did you, did you see anything like that, Chris? So, uh, the, the watch I picked up, the, the brand's called Panerai. Okay. Um, they're originally made in, uh, what was it, the 60s for the Italian version of Navy SEALs. Um, first time it was ever, I saw it first time on the movie Daylight with Sylvester Stallone. Okay. That's when Panerai was first on the big screen, if you will. And uh, fell in love with it then. I was eight years old. And, you know, 26 years later, I, I bought the watch. But anyways, um the, the price is over where, cause I bought my watch when I was in Europe, I was in Switzerland. Uh, okay. it, it was the same price in Switzerland as it is here. So okay. well, now th- the problem with Rolex is this, you have to, cause I, I was looking at Rolexes. I know buddies that own Rolexes and yeah. Rolex. I don't, I don't know if I agree with it, but it's kind of like, a. well, um, they like, if I, if I were to go in a Rolex store today, and I had say fifty grand yep. to buy like a ten thousand dollar Rolex, right? They would probably tell you no. And and again, this is just from buddies that have them because you have to build up like street credit Rolex. Okay. And there's often some backdoor dealing going on. Like, okay, 
yeah, you can buy this $10,000 Rolex, but you're going to need to pay me, the salesman, you know, a couple extra grand to make that work. And so, it, dude, the way Rolex is, it, it, un, honestly, it's kind of hurt the brand in my eyes because of the way that they do that. But that's, but that's pretty common with a lot of luxury watches too, right? Like Omega's that way. Like, you know, you, you kind of got to have one to buy the new one, right? Correct. But Rolex takes it to like the nth that's, degree from yeah. my understanding. Well, where like, you know, unless you personally know the salesman and yep. he, you guys have a relationship, he's not going to take care of you. Now, again, this is just my understanding from buddies that have them. Yeah. We're the Rolexes. I just got We're back. talking Rolexes. And I yeah. was, I was, I had, I told, um, Chris story that uh, you could fly to London and purchase Rolex right. cheaper, right? And he was just telling us, kind of catching us up on the fact that you really need to sort of know the know the salesman or know the the dealer that you're buying from to buy the newest model, whatever that is. Like it's right. kind of like uh, what you hear about Ferrari. You can't buy a new Ferrari unless you are yep. on a previous one. Yeah, but great example. It it was it was shocking to me to yeah while. I hear what you're saying, and I have heard that too. But just in terms of uh, just sheer information of of how bad the economy was over there, and the and the British pound took a beating, the exchange rate was literally so much in the U.S. dollars' favor. A couple, this is only like a week ago or two weeks ago, that you literally could, you know. Go make a trip yeah and, and well, spend the same amount of money that you Rolexes are weird because like so I was I would like a Rolex you know um but I was looking and like there are ranges of obviously of anything yeah. right yeah like I mean you were saying Ferraris there's Ferraris that you can get fairly inexpensive and oh, yeah you can find a 40 fifty thousand dollar Ferrari yeah uh, maybe not so much now but a couple years yeah. ago for sure but it's like uh it, it is crazy because with Rolex as far as there's so many like fakes and knockoffs and things like that like you have to be very careful and then on top of that, that kind of goes back to what you were saying about like the the person you're buying from, right, Chris? But yep. on top of that, it's like, you know, there's that whole gamut. So it's like, you know, the ones that are like three, four, or five thousand, I'm kinda like, eh. And unfortunately that puts me in like a ten thousand dollar price range where I'm like, I really don't want to spend I could spend ten grand on a lot of other things. <laughs> what what is it that makes a watch like high end is it's the it's movement a, it's, partly like but i mean th that's a weird one though because and the, gl the glass too right like, well it's crystal sapphire yeah but i so obviously there's the name the name right like rolex you're paying for that that's some percentage yep. of brand, yeah for brand sure recognition um but clearly they make quality watches that's not that's not fake like they do make quality right, watches but you know you made a joke about it you know it's not a timex you know but timex makes a great watch timex makes a great watch it they keeps do. time it, it, but it doesn't know, have that doesn't have that sizzle though well again I, what makes the sizzle what why the sizzle why are you put why are you putting an rmr on your nighthawk oh you son of a bitch no i'm i, I had to throw it in there but why are you doing it all right no point made right? i uh, i rest i uh, i am checkmate a checkmate <laughs> yeah dude great checkmate dude you, you have no no response to that from my understanding the more what are they call it complexities so like if your watch just tells time that assigns a certain value. My watch that I just picked up tells time has a date window and a second little box for the second hand. So that's three <clears throat> complexities, right? Or complications, right. whatever they call it. And so the more complications you get, the higher the watch goes because there's more that goes into it. And right. like my Panerai uses a Rolex movement. Right. So it's a Rolex movement, but in a Panerai housing. So okay that adds to it or can take away from it. Right? So I don't know. I don't know. Panerai is that, uh, could you give me like a range of prices that they come in? Yeah. So they'll start right around, you know, four or 5,000 for the entry level and they'll go all the way to, you know, they, they have like one offs or like, okay. you know, they'll do a batch of 10 that are like, I see one several hundred thousand. I was going to say one for 189,000, wow. you know, so actually can we, can we throw in a, I want to throw something in here. Um, because I do like watch. I have an iWatch. You know, like I, like I just like watches in general. That's doesn't have to be watch. super expensive. That's not a watch. Well, that's where I'm going with this. Um, there is <laughs> one exception to this rule of like high-end sort of panache kind of watch. And that is the G-Shock. Yep. Okay. That is a what we call a God-tier watch. Because you can have a billionaire that can own anything in there in the world. And they'll own a G-Shock. And G -Shock. they'll still rock a G-Shock. It's, it's a fucking uh, 
oddity, right? It's like, it's weird because you're right. Like there's rappers who they can have anything they want, but they're rocking G-Shocks and they're rapping about G-Shocks. Like it's a freaking weird thing. And they are legit in terms of their functionality. Like you cannot kill one. Yep. Right. So I went from like my first watch was the fossil, like a pretty entry level watch, you know, is, is a normal quartz movement with a battery. As I progressed, I went to G-Shocks. Then I went to the higher-end G-Shocks. Then I went to uh, the Garmin watch line because they're phenomenal. Then in the last like three years, I went back to dive slash tool watches. So there's there's a couple of guys that were in the military that got out and started like micro-brand watch companies. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is called Sangin. And uh, I really like Sangin. They use a Seiko movement inside their housing. And okay. Seiko is really known for good movement and their automatics. So, you know, <laughs> automatics wind themselves as you wear it. Yes. Um, but if you don't wear it for three days, it runs out of energy. Right. Yada, yada, yada. Right. So I went from those to now this automatic Panerai that I have. And I guess I forgot the original question. But just what I'm G-Shocks. Getting at is like, yeah, G-Shocks reason why i think they're called like god tier watches is like you said dude like it may not be the most expensive but number one they look really cool right and 90 percent of shooting is looking cool right for sure oh in our in our (laughs) and by the way in our community i would actually argue there's probably a little more pop on them than there would be a rolex in perspective you know what i'm saying like if you're out there running and gunning doing your thing like you really kind of want a g-shock you know what which, I mean? which actually seems like it would be true. Yes. But yeah. I would say it's almost 50, 50. So I get to work with a bunch of different guys yep. all the way from infantry to special operations in the military. Right. And in Vietnam, Vietnam era, special operations guys would buy Rolexes because they could buy them for super cheap over there. Okay. And they're legitimate Rolexes. They're not knockoffs. Yep. They would also wear them because an expensive watch, no matter where you are in the world, it's worth is something. A bartering if yes. you need to get out of a sticky situation I've, I've read that as well yeah and you know actually while we're on this you know what else is a really nice watch and it's kind of i would say it's almost well it's not a rolex but it's in between in terms of it has that ruggedness but it's also a little higher level is like the luminox oh yeah yeah great great watches yeah and, and that's kind of what i was getting at is like yeah you'll see a bunch of military guys with some g-shocks some luminox you know some casios but You'd, you'd be surprised at how many dudes will wear like a Rolex overseas or um, do you guys know Blackwater, the private military contract yeah. company yeah. for whatever reason from guys I know at Blackwater in the heyday, Panerai's were like a big deal. All the guys liked them huh. and, and it goes back to those Vietnam era roots, but also like men don't wear jewelry for the most part. Right. Right. A watch is a classic piece of jewelry that any guy can wear. That especially at a certain level, people are like, ah, oh, that guy, that guy knows what's up. Because right. uh, much like women have a diamond ring, you know, a watch can be a statement piece for men. A hundred percent. And I view it that way as like a jewelry thing slash like, you know, this watch that I, I bought is fairly expensive. And I had some friends that were like, oh, are you going to baby it? And I'm like, no, I'm doing the fucking opposite. I, I got to tell you, my, um, out of this watch. I don't wear my uh, tag much these days, but for a long time, I wore it every day. And like the bracelet's got a couple, some scratches just from like when you put your wrist down on a table or something. But like the crystal, I mean, I've like, I mean, hit it hard on like metal. Doesn't break. I mean, it's like, it's, yep. a, they're so beefy and heavy and like just, they're just not, you're not going to break them, you know? Nope. And that's what Keith, you were asking before. That's the other part of it is like, you get a good watch. Like they're just, they're just good. You yeah. Know? I mean, and I'm, I kind of have to be honest. I'm, I'm not really in the same mindset. I, I don't notice a nice watch. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I hang out with people who notice them. I, uh-huh. I can walk by somebody who's wearing a $10,000 Omega and I have no idea. Yeah. Like it just doesn't. Yeah. Now, it's you know, not your thing. it's just not my thing. You know, uh, I, I, you said fossil watch. I had a fossil watch and, and I was joking when Mike left the room that I have a, you know, a, a Garmin, you know, S 20 for golf. And that, yeah. that's what I'm wearing right now. You know? <laughs> like, well, you know, it is like, like we were talking about the G shock and like, <clears throat> uh, I, I don't always wear my G shock either, but like for certain things, like you know, like like you were saying, like shooting, like hunting, like where if I'm gonna be in like what? And again, I could wear a nice watch, but um, it like there's just certain things that like those kind of watches are perfect for. So you say like the Garmin or the, they're 
they serve a function. You know, like, I mean, we've been talking about hunting because the season's coming up, and um, you know, like that watch would be perfect for what you're talking about. Yep. You know, sure. Yeah. So, I do. Well, you know, like guns, it's different tools for different jobs, right? Like, yeah, that's true. There you go. Back, you know, and this this sounds way cooler than it is, but when I travel outside of the country, I wear my Garmin because it has a GPS and it auto syncs for whatever country and time zone I'm in. Oh, yeah, so that's like, cool. Heaven forbid anything ever happened. My wife can log on to my Garmin account and show where that watch and the GPS position anywhere in the world was last time it was. Oh, made. that's really cool. That's a cool, very so, kind of cool thing. Hey, yeah. I mean, I, I recently bet, went to Thailand, wore the Garmin the whole time. Wife hey, could kind of track exactly where I was the whole time. Chris, you, know? you, so you're, you brought up, tools you, for different jobs. you brought up your wife and the other day you and I were talking and you were saying how awesome your wife is and you know, you, you go away on business and your wife is just awesome. So I'm giving her a quick shout out, but that's actually not why I'm bringing this up. Um, so I read this thing the other day. This is crazy. Keith, I haven't even talked to you about this. No, I Um, and where I'm going with this is I'm, I, we're all married, all three of us. I'm so yep. glad I'm no longer single. Because I don't, oh. I don't know if I could actually do it anymore. Like I'm just so tired. I, I was so tired of that scene. But have you heard the Leonardo DiCaprio thing? Oh, I, I mean, I know he's dating like a twenty-something. So, right? well, that's the thing. He apparently, the thing with him, apparently, every time a girl turns twenty-five, he breaks up with them. <laughs> All right, whatever. He won't date. <laughs> Listen, like look at I, like, I, I get older and they stay the same age, right? <laughs> like, no, but it's like a real thing. Like if you look at his like track I, no, record, I, I have heard that before. Yeah, he legit breaks but up. But he with still them. looks like he's twenty five. So have, what a good. Friend. I mean, I guess, but I I just think it's funny. It's like they turn twenty five. He's like, well, here's a nice parting gift. Have a nice life. Here, here's something funny about the Leo thing, and I don't know why I know this, but he was dating some some model, and she said for a date he rented out the whole theater for like a new star Wars that came out okay. and ran around with a lightsaber while watching the movie. <laughs> so it's weird. Well, I mean, actors are fucking weird and that that's dude, true. as good as he is at his craft, he's got to be fucking weird, dude. That's oh, yeah. and so true. Yeah, yeah, now that's put good. that in the context of a 25 year old, a 25 year old or older female is probably not going to put up with that. shit. That's a good point. The 24 is going to be like, Oh my gosh, he's so cute. Oh my gosh. Right. He's <laughs> got money. He's got money. Dude, I'm with you guys, though. Like, I, I tell my wife this. Look, I'm very blessed. I, I'll probably start crying because my wife is just phenomenal, man. And I am I'm very, very lucky to have found her. Well, but, shit, uh, shit. Don't cry. Don't cry. We've never had someone cry on the show. <laughs> Keith, go to uh, hunting. Dude. Go to hunting, Keith. <laughs> go, go. Hit it. You checked. You checked. <laughs> right? But, I mean, I, I talk to my single buddies and, like, dude, the dating scene right now. Oh, uh, Gosh, dude, yeah. I would, I'd, I honestly, I'd probably turn gay if I ever like, broke <laughs> up with my wife, which, you know, this is funny, especially with you gentlemen, I've seen a, a meme that's like, especially after the last couple of years, it's like, all you women want these like beta males that wear skinny yeah. jeans and are like, can't fight. But then when 2020 rolled around, you start thinking like, Hey, I may not want this guy. The warlord rough looking gun guy is probably a better option, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, and they want that type of guy until they want something fixed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I had this I had this conversation with a guy I worked the other day. We were uh, I, I had made some uh, venison jerky, which Keith yeah. you had to, and I was talking to him, and he he wasn't knocking it, but he was like, I just don't get the whole hunting thing. And I said to him something of the idea that like it's kind of cool to know that I could provide. Not, I mean, I know the world's not coming to an end, but like it's just cool to know sure. you still have that skill set. Right that you could use if you needed it. You know, it's the same as like homesteading and all that other stuff. But um, Keith, do you want to talk about your 30 out six? Yeah, uh, we can talk about that. I It's it's cited in. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I, I had a little bit of an issue. Um, I tried to, I, I hadn't fired it since the end of last season. And uh, I, I took it out and I was like, you know, getting ready. We were talking about going up to cousin Brian's hunting. And I was like, man, let me get this thing sighted in for sure. Cause I, I really had only put it on paper. Uh, uh, Chris, I just got done putting it together last season. So uh, it's a, nice. it, it's a Bagheera uh, barreled action Beautiful. and uh, a premier barreled action. And then I bought a, uh, uh, I don't remember who, who made it the magazine, uh, furniture. Uh, I can't, I can't remember. I remember. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So, uh, and then I put a really nice diamond trigger in it and then I just bought a used, um, wood stock and just kind of massaged it myself, made it fit in all perfect. And 
got it together and I had to send the bolt back to Bagheera. The ejector wasn't working. Anyway, got it back. End ah. of the season. Wasn't able to hunt with that gun. Fired it before I put it away. Put it in the safe. Haven't touched it yet since. Brought it out this week. Put Went to run a couple rounds through it and it wouldn't fire. And I just was like, what the heck is going on? Uh. So I kind of was bummed out came back and I said, you know, this is a different ammo than I was using last season. Let me just take the ammo that worked in it last and just go see what happens. So Mike, I went back out first and foremost, I apologize. I ruined a pistol, a uh, range stand. So we'll have to rebuild one. God damn you. I, I got my rights. And, <laughs> I got, I got my rights and left mi- mixed up twice <laughs> and I went right when I should have went left twice and the second time I went right on the scope, one went right through the <laughs> right to the stand. Work hours for you. Go fix them. <laughs> Go fix them. And uh, but anyway, <laughs> this this ammo that I used last season worked. I I, I went seven rounds through it, um, sighted it in. So weird. I, I I don't get it. I mean, I talked to our buddy Frank, and he says he's seeing more and more bad ammo than he's ever seen before. Chris, I don't know if you're experiencing that, but. Um, I mean, it, it would just make sense with supply and demand. Over that's the last what I thought. Years. Yeah. yeah. Quality control. Yeah. Quality control has yeah. got to be yeah. going down to keep up with the demand. But um, yeah. So anyway, the good news is I'm ready to go. Are uh, you closed? Did you buy clothes? So I, I, I've been eyeing up a few things. I, I haven't made any real commitments yet because I, like it could be any type thing, right? Like you got to really see what the weather's supposed to be like. Yeah. Um, I, I, I booked a date. I invited you. I hope you can come. It's the first week, uh, November, November. Uh, which rifle season up by cousin Brian opens up earlier than, than down here by us. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to head up there and, but up there, there could be snow on the ground. Yeah, there. no, it could be free. It's Canada. I <laughs> yeah, mean, it's, it's essentially first, Canada, it's essentially Canada. Yeah. I, um, so Keith will tell you, Chris, I, so hunting is like, I'm like, all right, like I'm going to go sit out in the woods and be bored. But, uh, yep. but what I really enjoy is when I actually get game, I love the whole process of like skinning it and butchering it. And then like, what am I going to do with the meat and all different recipes and smoking this? And you yeah, know. you get as excited <clears throat> as I do about that. Yeah, stuff, I love which... it. And uh, so we just bought a power lit. It just came in a power lift for the garage that uh, I'm going to put up to the ceiling. So now when I I'm go to see you and your dad struggling to lift that thing up, that's right. My dad's eighty years old. You know, we got well, we had to, we had to, we had to modernize. Your your dad's eighty, and the two of you together, the deer probably weighs more than that. Exactly, <laughs> we're little people. <laughs> Maybe going back a little bit too, like people that argue with hunting, like because I used to be that way too. Like I don't get hunting, like not my thing. Like why would you kill an animal? Not not like a super hippie can, way, but just like you know, we can buy we can buy meat at the store. However after listening to like Joe Rogan or professional hunters like Cameron Haynes. Um, yeah, that guy's great. Yeah. Adam Greentree in Australia. He's a professional hunter down there. You know, the real way to look at it is this. You're okay buying meat that you have no connection to and you have no idea where it came from and you weren't involved in killing it. Right. I now, say it all the time. Like you get your hands dirty, yeah. you appreciate it. Yeah. Well, and like for people that don't understand that, it's like, dude, you're okay reaping all the benefits and being so disconnected, you don't even understand how it works. Like they probably don't know how to slaughter an animal, how a cow is slaughtered. No, they just think it shows up in Walmart, right? Yeah, they think and it like, shits out filet mignon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in a, yeah. In, in a styrofoam tray. <laughs> exactly. And then, do you guys know the rapper? Just go with me on this reference. The rapper Little Dicky. Uh, you know, it's funny. I actually do, which is really fun. Yes, I do. Yeah. So he has this funny bit where he's it's like pillow talk after he hooked up with this chick, right? And they're going to order pizza. And he's like, you want pepperoni? And she's like, that's disgusting. I'm vegan. And he like looks over and she has a full 100% leather purse. <laughs> and he's like, so you're telling me you don't eat that shit, but you're down for someone else to kill it, process it, and you wear it around? That's barbaric as shit. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, he's not he's wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah. Listen, yeah. He, he, did, uh, he did his name better justice than it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. And he is like his 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 name's Dave Bird, and uh, he's like this Jewish dude who like went to college to be an accountant and decided to be a rapper. And actually, he's he's fairly talented. But anyways, just funny reference because that's how people like that are. Like you, you hunt. Meanwhile, they're totally okay going to Walmart and buying it and eating it with zero connection to where that food comes from. And I am guilty of that one hundred percent. I'm not gonna lie. You you, a different. 
you you pulling out little dicky is like i'm like man like that's you you're like down you watches rappers yeah what else what the fuck man <laughs> Jesus. Dude, it's called you ADHD. look like an operator <laughs> like it's amazing dude it, it's adhd and a little touch of autism that's all hey uh how's your season going so far mike uh, so I saw a buck the other day. I'm going up. I'm bow season, bow hunting right now. Uh, Keith doesn't bow hunt, uh, Chris. But we said that I'm not as manly as you. Yeah. And, no, that's uh, some that's some real man shit right there. Yeah. I I did. I saw one. I've only gone out one day. I, my spot is like I call my honey hole. You know, it's like you just go there and deer just magically show up. I've never. I've I've been hunting there for this is my third year. I've never gone there and not seen a deer. So every time I go, I see a deer. Which is like magic. Wow. It's like magic, you know? And I was there and I was there for hours. I was getting so freaking bored. I was like, fuck, I'm gonna get skunked. I'm not gonna see a deer. And I I was so bored, I started texting people and like playing like games on my phone. Like I just I couldn't <laughs> take it anymore. And I was gonna leave. I was like, I'm gonna stay till I'm gonna stay till noon. I'm gonna try and stay till noon, which be a six hour hunt. Cracked a beer and lit a cigarette. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. A beer deer. And show. literally no, but seriously, literally, I'm like on my phone, like dicking around. And all of a sudden, I freaking like look up, and a deer just showed up, and I'm like, "All right, I'm like magic spot, it never lets me down." <laughs> but you didn't take the shot. I could no, nah, I, I I couldn't get a shot. And even if I did, it was a spike, and I kind of my father and I both agreed we weren't going to take a spike. We we're going to let them grow. Okay. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, Chris. Let do you a little bit. Yeah. Do you fish? Because I I know you said you don't really hunt, but do you fish? Oh no, man! Like I would, I'd rather do almost anything than fish. For really. Me, Wow. Dude, I've never caught anything in my entire life. Like, oh, I, dude, in Boy Scouts, we went deep sea fishing, and they're like, hey, you are guaranteed to catch something. <clears throat> Out of 14 boys there fishing, I was the only one that didn't catch anything. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Man, that, dude, that, that big old duck hunter uh, beard, it's just for show, huh? It really is. Well, maybe it's for duck oh. hunting, not fishing. Bro, like I, I was raised like, you know, my dad moved out when I was like 12, 13, but I have four sisters and a mom, bro. Okay. I I get beards and tattoos to look tough. I am not tough. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why I brought up the fishing is Keith found this really great video. So it's pretty national news. I'm sure everybody, you know, listening has heard about it, but I didn't hear about this. I, oh, this okay. Is, I'm so, glad to hear that. Yeah. So uh it's titled Walleye Cheaters Busted. So <laughs> Oh, I know the video. You know the, I video? Know the video? So I love this. So I'm gonna play so the, the beginning starts like very sort of like just like uh, nonchalant, it's them announcing winners. I'll play this. You gotta tell us how you guys caught these fish, man. Tell us how you got them today. Everybody's struggling. You guys pulled it out. Good work. Every everyone's happy. They're about to, they're about to win thirty thousand dollars. Everyone's happy. You know they got the big winner. We got weights and fish. There we go. Oh man, we got weights and fish. Not only did they stuff weights in there, but they stuffed other walleye fillets yeah. in there. So they caught other walleyes, killed them, and stuffed their... <laughs> so <coughs> I started I started reading the comments, right? Yeah. And the best part was, so first off, weights and fish. That one guy was like, anytime somebody cheats, you just got to yell that. Weights and fish. Weights and fish. <laughs> the next election, weights and fish. Exactly. <laughs> and so that was funny. And then uh, I don't know who said that, but whoever said that, that was really funny. So I'm going to give you credit. And uh, the don't know your name, but yeah, you I don't know credit. your name, but I'll give you credit. <laughs> and uh, the other one that was really funny, and someone I guess looked this up is in the con, like if you listen to that whole video, the one guy's like, I know you've been doing this for years, I finally caught you. And apparently, they're like, the guy in the comments, like, you know, hey, if, if this like was like years and years of guys do of this guy doing this, and he won like you know a hundred thousand dollars in a boat and sponsors. So update today. How much? They they indicted him yep. and they took a boat. Yep. I didn't see any numbers. I heard the number. A million dollars I heard. Uh, it's possible. <gasps> it's possible. So no. yeah, well, when we were first talking about this, Mike, you said you hadn't heard about, it, but you also didn't know that cheating and pro fishing was a thing. No. And it has been going on for a long time, ever since I've been watching pro fishing. And some of the history of it, I mean, even back in the 70s and the 80s, there was a huge amount of like organized crime operating in, in fishing. Um, <laughs> there was, uh, there in the UK, it's been happening. Uh, there are people who like were uh, caught winning more than $200,000 in one tournament. This is back in the 70s and I the mean, 80s. listen, it's Holy like anything else. Fuck. If there's a chance to win money, someone's going to try to game it, it right? Like, do it. Yeah. Freaking yeah. crazy. It doesn't even have to be money. Like, you know, people, especially at a certain level, people are so driven to win, they'll do it by any means. The problem is 
dude, if you're winning by cheating, I like, I'm sorry, you're not winning, dude. And you're a morally fucked up person. Yeah. I mean, that's, so. that's, I mean, well, cause it's, I mean, well, you said they got indicted. I mean, it's theft, right? It's well that, and it's like, well, yeah, I mean the charges, uh, let me read. I just read them here, but it's an honor thing, right? Like, I mean, golf is yep. like that, yeah. you know, you just, you just want to be, you know, I don't know. I'll tell you what, the guy who they, they were, I'm sorry, they were, they had uh, felony charges of cheating, attempted grand larceny, possession of criminal tools, and misdemeanor charges of unlawfully owning wild animals. Wait a minute, hold on a second. Cheating is a federal, like federal crime. Like, that's an actual crime. So, like, when I play my son yeah. and shoots and ladders and I cheat, like, I'm technically fe- fe- causing fe- a felony. Felony charges of cheating. I mean, I'm sure there's limits to, like, what you have to win. Shoots and ladders, that might be okay. You know, shoots and ladders are probably okay to cheat. Okay. I mean, if you want to cheat your kid, that's okay. Ah, he's got to learn the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but cr- possession of criminal tools, like, what if I had a lock picking set? Is that a criminal tool? It's not to possess it isn't, but to use it. Well, it's just possessing criminal tools is what the But, like, lock picks aren't a criminal tool, so, yeah. Okay. I don't know what the criminal tool was. Uh, the lead weights that they <laughs> fed to the, the fillet, fish. The fillets. <laughs> the fillets. One guy said they used right. the fillets to pad the weights. That's what they did. Right? Yeah, so you couldn't feel the weight. So crazy. What made them suspect yeah. it? The, what made them suspect it was that they these walleyes weighed like, I want to say like four and a half. It was a lot, right? Four and a half to five pounds. And everyone else that day, all the same size fish were like two and a half. Someone so said they, they just, overdid it. They overdid it. If uh, they had done a half an ounce or eight ounces, you know, maybe. But that, that's what you get for trying. That's what you get for trying to be a little too cocky. A little too cocky. A little yep. too, little too, my fish weigh too much. <laughs> Which so- is, it's funny you guys are bringing this up because I'm actually working with a professional fisher today. He's a professional fisherman. His name is Jamie Caldwell. Okay. Does he know He's the also, weights of uh, fish? Right. I'm going to ask him after this, but he was also an Army Special Operations guy, and now he's a professional fisher, which is cool. That is cool. So, yeah. yeah. What, what kind? What does he do? What kind of fishing does he do? Um, I think he does mostly bass. Stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, I, that's the. That's best. my favorite that's kind of best. fishing. I, I like it. Yeah. That's the lazy kind of fishing, Chris. You know, you sit in a boat, <laughs> get a chair, <laughs> and it's fast. It's not slow. You just kind of like you know. I don't know. And when they hit, oh man, oh, man, they man. Hit. my Sweet. kids are my kids are killing bass fishing right now. Really? I showed you some pictures at, yeah. at our lake at our pond. At, well, I don't yeah. know what you call it, but our club. Yeah. Um, I mean, my daughter, she caught. A fish on her third cast the other day, and she was killing her brother. She was. Yo, like, I love a good lunker, like a large mouth. But I gotta tell you, and I've only caught him a couple times. When you catch a small, small mouth, mouth, there's nothing like too. it. There's well, nothing like it. And the river near our house, you can catch some nice small yeah. mouth. I like to fly fish for small mouth. You yeah. do some sinkers instead of float. <clears throat> Walk your river is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where I caught. That's actually where I caught. They're full couple. of small mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. So, so <laughs> got excited about fishing. Fresh no, water. it's okay. Freshwater so, fishing. Speaking of of fishy. Uh, have you guys heard this whole? This really isn't fishy. Weights and fish. It was a it was a cheesy uh, segue. <laughs> Have you guys heard? You guys heard about Tulsi Gabbard? Yes. Have you heard this? Chris? Yeah, I heard that she's pretty yeah. good looking too. I mean, sorry. Yeah, she's. Does your wife listen to the show? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um. So she would agree with me that. Tulsi so yeah. So Tulsi looking. Gabbard. Yeah, she is pretty good looking. Tulsi Gabbard's leaving the Democratic Party. She's becoming an independent, right? So the part I don't, Keith. I don't know if you heard this or not. So I got a couple things here. This is from Twitter. So this is her statement. The Democratic Party that I joined doesn't exist anymore. Today's Dem Party is under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness. If you can no longer stomach it, I invite you to join me. So <laughs> so that's her statement. She was on Joe Rogan, and you know I could play that clip, but I won't. But what's weird about this is I don't really care about Tulsi Gabbard, um, but I do care about guns. So uh, I, I started like digging a little bit. Obviously, she was pretty anti-gun. Yep. Right. So this is going back to February 28th, 2018. She tweeted, the stakes are too high to allow politics to get in the way of Congress taking action to pass common sense gun safety legislation. I'm co-sponsored bill to close the gun show loophole. Here we go. See, I'm bookending this thing. Yeah. Ban assault weapons, require background checks on anyone seeking to purchase a gun and more. So um, she was pretty anti-gun. Like, I think it was pretty clear. But as of literally like a, in the last a week, days ago, yeah, yeah right. whatever, um, she was seen at the tactical games and she was running an AR-15 and she was having a grand all time. So what's the deal? Have you heard this, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I actually know the people that she was running with at the tactical games. Yep. Um, here, 
gosh. And you know, I, I don't really hold back on anything, but I don't trust a single politician. I'm going to just throw that out there. <laughs> sure. I don't care if they're right, left, up, down. Centrist. Really? They, I don't care. They all, they all, they all suck. Be trusted. Yep. Yep. And then on the same token, I do believe in evolving and changing as a human being. Now I'm with all of this, by the way, I'm, I'm so far. I'm in lockstep. Go keep going. Yep. The problem is, is whether that's genuine or not. And you know, I'll go on record saying this. I'll probably never meet Miss Gabbard. I'm sure she's very sweet. However, you have now flipped to pander to the right, and I, I simply think that's what it is. That's all. Hmm. So that's so my opinion. What I find uh, there's a couple things here. So, and I'm I, I'm going off of like things that I've read, other people's comments. I'm kind of like just going on a couple things here. But uh, clearly, she has changed her mind. Her change, and I, that's fine. I'm with you on that. Like you can evolve, you can yep. change your mind, and and I'm okay with that. The problem I have is so some people are saying. And I'm, I'm torn on this. People are saying you were in the military and you know, it's okay for you to do this, but you kind of point your finger and, you know, turn your nose at the regular civilian doing this. Um, and I am, man, I'm, am I going to go here? I'm going to go here. I'm kind of a fan of Tim Kennedy, but I'm kind of not. Um, he's a little, he's a little over the top for me, but I do like him. I mean, he's a total badass. Uh, he was a great MMA fighter. He's, he's a, you know, great American. He did a lot for our country, but he's a little over the top and he has said some things that are kind of anti-gun, you know, multiple anti-gun statements. Yes. And it, and it's the same kind of a thing. It's like, man, like, okay, you were a soldier you did amazing stuff for our country i recognize that same with tulsi and <clears throat> i see all kinds of videos of him in texas shooting all kinds of cool guns but then he comes out with these statements and it's like wait a minute you're okay you can have anything you want you have fully automatic weapons but you're not okay with other people having it like just because you served your country like you have that right and so people are saying the same thing about tulsi gabbard like you like why do you get to go to tactical games and compete but like Big Keith can't go and do that. Like, why is that okay? Right? So that's the one side of it. The other side, I did read someone called her out on it on Twitter, and they were like, you know, basically saying what I said, like, hey, this was your old statement. Have you had a change of heart? And she did flat out said, yes, more to come. Well, as long as she's admitting that she's changed her mind, right? Like, I think that would at least be somewhat of a... I would agree with that. I I feel like you have to come... You have to come out and say it. Yeah, I mean, you have to accept your your mistakes, and you have to, you know, um, acknowledge them. I think, I think that's a lot of what you know, Chris. When you were talking about not trusting either side, I think that's probably kind of what you were alluding to is that they they forget what they say. You know, <laughs> like they sure. they they're not consistent, <clears throat> and they they you know pander to the side that's popular at the time uh, that's yep. in their direction and they don't take responsibility for anything that they've said in the past versus the way they feel now yeah. so i i guess as long as she does that then she's moving in the right direction and i mean i brought up the tim kennedy thing for a reason like listen i i've i've heard him actually walk back his statements i've heard him say well you know that's not what i meant and the guy's always on camera and he's always on like interviews and he it's got a much bigger like microscope over him. So I try to kind of, I try to be fair and, and, and try to not be that guy that just, you know, can't have some reason. But at the same time, these quasi celebrities, like is Tim Kennedy a celebrity? I guess he can. Uh, sure. Right? He is. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Right? So like these, these celebrities, like you got to be careful. And the part that really bugs me is, uh, I saw pictures of Tulsi Gabbard with um, Jack Carr, right? And like, I, I'm not throwing any shade on Jack Carr. I think he's awesome. But like, you have these guys who do special operations, and I respect the hell out of them, and they're you know total badasses, and I, and I am appreciative of everything they've done. But just because you've done those things, a lot of them come out, and then they become these sort of like quasi celebrities. These you know, sort of like yep. lower level celebrities. And then all of a sudden it's like they can do these things, but they forget that like the average person should also be able to do these things. You know, so Tulsi, she's on Joe Rogan and she's hanging out with Jack Carr and she's, you know, I'm sure she's met Chris Pratt. And and all of a sudden you're not just a regular person and you forget all about the average person. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I have a problem is like just because you're now 
and I'm again using this lightly, a celebrity, and you're rubbing elbows with all these big names, it's like it just seems like a little bit bullshit to me, you know? Yep, I I agree with everything that you said, man. Okay, cool. I yeah, like I like uh, you, man. I need I need more people who just agree with. I was going to say that makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and I, I've worked in the gun industry for a long time. Um, at my job at CGS, I work with several individuals who were at a higher level in the military than Tim Kennedy, right? Um, every single one of those guys, without hesitation, are like, civilians should be able to own whatever and whatever. I mean, without hesitation, full stop, it's, hey, we got to use this in the military. Civilians should be able to use it too. And they're, they're like extremely adamant about that. On the flip side, like, you know, I just think like when people get a little bit of popularity, it goes straight to their head. Yeah. And yeah, again, it's any politicians. I'm sure they start out meaning well and then money gets put on the table. Like, I, I just think <laughs> humans are, are really easily swayed for what's in their best interest. And that's it. Well, it's it's interesting because like Mike and I were, were talking about this, too. It, the The movie industry, there's like. There's no issue. Even, no. even the left doesn't have issues with, no. gu- with firearms and movies. No. Blow up whatever you want. <laughs> yep. it's, it's no problem at all. But when you get to reality, it's a problem. Yeah. Rules well, for thee, not for me. Yeah. Man. So I'm going to actually, Chris, I'm going to let you have the last word on this. What is your cool. take on the Tulsi Gabbard thing? How do you feel now that she's throwing this stuff out there? What is your, and we'll end on that. Yeah. Again, I never met the lady. I, ve- I, I barely follow politics but I know kind of peripheral what's going on. Um, I think it's a full kind of political stunt. She's flipping because she maybe does see the Democrat party is maybe not what she used to believe in. However, it's a sure shoe in. If you go from Democrat to independent and then say, I'm pro gun. I, I now, you know, anti-abortion and I went to the tactical games. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are on the right side that are like, oh, yeah, she's good in my book. I'm going to vote for her. And like, uh, I don't know. I see it as more of a political kind of uh, what's the word uh, media media stunt more than anything. Yeah. Okay. Just my two cents. Again, I am an idiot and don't know anything. So <laughs> we'll let, we'll end on idiot. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right. I think that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and a very special thanks to Chris for hanging out and shopping up with us. If anyone out there has any opinions or thoughts on tonight's conversation, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Discord and let your voice be heard.